Hi there. I had great pleasure in talking to Amanda Fielding today. I had the honour of meeting Amanda several years ago and visiting her at the Beckley Foundation. And I was struck by this lady who was animated, brilliant and works as hard as anyone I have ever met. This is Amanda. Um, Amanda is a renowned uh, drug policy advisor and reformer and has worked in this field for many years, uh, leading drug reform based on scientific-based evidence. The new scientist called Amanda the Queen of Consciousness. Amanda, welcome. Well, thank you very much and thank you for your very kind welcome. Um, it's very nice to be on the programme. Thank you. Super. You're welcome. The first question I'd like to ask you is what inspired you in the first place to set up the foundation and explain a little about what it does, please? Ah, well, I decided um, after 30 years of educate people into the wonder of psychedelic substances and how they could be very useful to humanity and not having got very far, I decided that I'd be much more um, effective if I became a foundation, um, which is a fairly simple process. Um, and really, to launch it, I got maybe, I can't remember, 10 or 20 of the best um, scientists in the world on the topic at that time to very kindly be on my board. And the purpose of launching it was twofold. My main aim has always been since 1966 to understand the mechanisms underlying how psychedelics work in the brain to bring about the extraordinary changes they do and how by understanding it we can um, control and make use of it better because uh, they bring about a reliable transformation of consciousness. And the remarkable thing about it is that it um, reduces the control of the ego, which can blind one to many things, and at the same time um, increase plasticity. That means the ability to learn or to adapt. And as our um, rather sad species at the moment is mm. in a bit of a crisis, the ability to adapt is very important. And that's what made other animals survive or go extinct. Mm. And so that's really, and, and the thing about setting up the foundation is that it enabled me to access brain imaging. And um, that had developed in the 90s, just been invented in the 90s, and was beginning to develop. And it was obviously the way to try to verify the hypothesis um, we had had in the 60s about um, the underlying mechanism of changes in cerebral blood flow um, as being um, part of how one can better understand how these compounds work. So have we learnt a lot more in recent times about the power of psychedelics, particularly with relation to medical application? Absolutely. I mean, 
I wouldn't say I've learnt more about how it works, but I haven't been learnt more than I knew in the, in the late 60s when um, I first was introduced to LSD, actually in 1965. And I, I had before that been studying comparative religions and mysticism, so that was always my topic of interest ever since I was kind of a five-year-old. And um, so I could see that they opened up this other viewpoint, which I think has value, not to everyone necessarily, but I think it has value to see from kind of different levels of the mountain. And, um, but what I've, but I realized that the only way to overcome the taboo, which had come about, as we all know, in the 60s, was, uh, was by the very best uh, scientific research because science is the modern religion, and by um, demonstrating the effects of these compounds, um, it, it becomes almost impossible to continue denying their effect. And I think that's just kind of reached a tipping point in the last few years. Yeah. It seems that way. It seems that the taboo is, is lifting. We're seeing articles happening in the press. We're, we're even seeing Netflix series, for goodness sake, about it. It really does feel like it's moved from this very uh, tricky topic in much more mainstream. And I guess a lot of the work that you've done, uh, supported by these very prestigious universities and scientists' studies, science studies, to back up the research has, has helped enormously take it out of that area of taboo. Absolutely. Well, uh, from the beginning, I was involved in the designing of the research because that was really, I, I came to have a hypothesis of how they worked in 1966. And that was by increasing... Uh, the capillary volume in the brain. So there's more blood being delivered to more brain cells, so there's more simultaneous action. And so I was always um, very determined to investigate whether this was true or false, because it certainly appeared to me through years of testing to be true. And so that's why I decided when brain imaging came along that that's the obvious way to... Um, investigate that issue and and so i i used to be a scientist an artist and i kind of gave that up and the art became the investigation of consciousness and investigating how how we what is consciousness how we perceive it and how it's altered by different um techniques like, for instance, meditation or yoga or um, adrenaline or um, psychoactive compounds. And they are an amazing tool, I consider them, as a way for us to um, deepen our study of the brain and to be able to manipulate, to choose to a certain degree, what level of consciousness we want to um, be at. And I think that's a great inner freedom. And when these compounds have the ability to 
improve mood, improve cognitive functioning, improve one's kind of um, vision and connectivity to nature. And I mean, they have so many benefits, um, which have been shown scientifically, like they increase mindfulness, they increase um, optimism, um, compassion, a whole lot of range of kind of positive qualities. Um, a psychedelic um, session can leave a lasting mark. And I don't know if that's true to any other medicines. So they, 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 are, they have very unique characteristics. And at, at this time, Amanda, where we're facing unprecedented fear and anxiety in the world, a lot of people have been feeling it through the pandemic, for example. Obviously, this is an obvious example. Um, the fact that yeah. we human beings seem to be suffering hugely. Uh, mental health problems are yeah. on the rise, anxiety on the rise, yeah. depression yes. is massive. Uh, people feel out of control. So is this is this all running in line with our new spotlight onto psychedelics that seems to be happening? I mean, for example, I saw an article in The Guardian last week and the mainstream press a few years ago probably wouldn't touch this topic now consciousness and ways to relieve conscious uh, relieve anxiety and depression seem to have become much more center stage and acceptable absolutely no absolutely and i mean it is um, an exaggeration humanity is anyhow in a um a kind of epidemic of mental illness um sadly. Um, but obviously the pandemic has exaggerated um, all the reasons for being um, stressed. And um, actually we're doing a research at the moment to see a microdosing with natural psilocybin to see if um, with a, with a um, population of people with um, clinical anxiety to see if the microdosing might help ease and increase their management of the anxiety. So the research is showing there are a lot of benefits. And I know you've been working hard at the reform level, at the government level, to look at policy, policy making around these drugs and changing classifications so that they can be administered and people can access these without breaking the laws. Where are we on this and, and how is it looking? Well, it's definitely going forward. I mean, when I got involved um, by setting up the Beckley Foundation in, in policy, because one had to change the policy in order to do the research. But anyway, that was the reality in, in the late 90s. And then um, policy wasn't even pretending to be based on scientific fact. Uh, it was, you know, and so the idea of bringing a scientific basis to policy was extraordinarily new. And, um, and we've moved a long way. Now it's totally accepted. It has to be based on scientific evidence. And that's what makes scientific evidence all the more meaningful because our research is, uh, when I say our, I mean ours and uh, other people who are doing it, um, are having extraordinarily um, high success rates, you know, quite often between 60, 67 and 80, which is amazing. And that's with a single session or two or three sessions. 
and it's helping those with the most suffering very often, those treatment-resistant depressives or people with um, who've just been given a terminal sentence and are deeply depressed and anxious about the future. With those people, they have, have had a 80% success rate. But amazingly, it's not an indication of dying. So, it, it, but me also equally wonderful today. I happened to see that in Canada, they've now um, legalized um, using psilocybin to um, help distress in, um, in existential people who have been given a terminal sentence, cancer sentence. So that's wonderful. So we are steadily moving forward. And I do think it's got beyond the point of reversal with love. So I, I had my own health story uh, where I was diagnosed with a brain tumour and I was having conventional medicine. And my all the information that I had seen and read uh, about alternative approaches to this pointed to the fact I should try CBD oil and, and cannabis. Um, but it was my family, for example, were, were worried about bringing this into the hospital and the doctors actually said we don't want to know about this do not tell us you need to sort of be undercover about it to uh, but even though i knew that it would help me what what uh, what is the situation currently with with use of cannabis on a medical level um well firstly it was an amazing story that you treated yourself in that way a really wonderful story and i hadn't quite understood that it was um uh, with uh, Cannabis, and that's um, very, very interesting. Um, well done. Thanks. But I mean, what, what is, what Amanda, is sorry to interrupt. I yeah. just wanted to say the doctors had given me six weeks to live and had pretty uh -huh. much guaranteed that I wouldn't survive. But I had this feeling yeah. that I would if I could use, and, and we got some very strong medical grade cannabis oil, and I used yeah. it every day. And I, I came out the other side, and here I am a year and a half yeah. later. Full bill of health. Well, it's absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And, and did you have any brain images done of it? I did, yes. I had three, I had three MRIs. It started off as a, a humongous tumour oh. uh, in a very large area of my brain. And oh. they said, this will almost certainly kill you. The second yeah. uh, MRI scan I had showed that it had shrunk. The third one showed that it was completely had gone except for a little bit of scarring, which would not affect my brain functioning or my cognition in any way. So whatever I did really worked. Yeah. I mean, it's totally, totally miraculous and exciting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. The doctors well, called it a miracle. On the third scan, they showed me the imaging of the brain and they said, this looks like a miracle. And this was the doctor who said, do not bring cannabis into this hospital. We are not, we are not uh, licensed for this and we do not want you to do it. So I did it undercover. Yeah. And, and that is amazing that um, uh, the, the law has made this sacred um, plant, um, the kind of food of the gods. They've, they completely got it the wrong way around. And, and it's a disaster for society, I think. And let's hope finally um, 
we win through. And I think it is happening. So, well, well the work that you. you're doing, Amanda, you know, for me, it saved my life, actually, knowing because I kn knew about the work of, of the foundation and I'd re read a lot of the output uh, and the studies and the scientific backup that you have provided. And that enabled me to make a really good decision, which is to go down this route. And I do know that it saved my life. So this work that's being done is is saving lives, helping people from anxiety and depression. And it feels like the government policies are so outdated and antiquated. And it's essential that all of this catches up with uh, modern wisdom and, and understanding from the science. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it, it's a total disaster, basically. It, it's a mistake and it needs to be... Um, undone you can't undo but you can at least put right and the sooner we do that the better for um, humanity and happiness and health because these i mean cannabis and psychedelics are very much in the same class of of drugs and different from other classes i mean that's the thing i was trying to get over in the 1998 cannabis and psychedelics are totally different from um, other classes of drug because um, they have a different mechanism and bring about a different change and they've always been used as sacred compounds and as medicines and um, we are mad to criminalize them and you know they need to be um, decriminalized and regulated and then cut one, it would cut amazing costs and sufferings. And two, it would enable science to take place and to use these medicines um, uh, legally. And for doctors, you know, them, because doctors aren't taught about them. So now in the UK, although they've been um, regulated uh, medical cannabis, the doctors are too frightened to prescribe them. So in a year and a half, Yes, this is what the doctors said to me, is that they have had they had no training in this, so they weren't they weren't in a position, and they didn't want to prescribe it. They they didn't they didn't feel they had enough information about it, and it was certainly something they were not willing to discuss or prescribe to me, uh, which is frustrating when you know that that can save your life. So this to me, I have a personal story about why the work of what the foundation is doing is so important these days. We know what works but when, in many cases not allowed to use it. Would you also talk about the creative, the creativity side of these compounds? Um, well, yes. Um, at every level, these compounds are amazingly creative um, in the sense that they expand the connectivity in the brain. And creativity is really the act of putting new... Um, insights, new things together in a new way. So it becomes something new and hopefully um, of value in some way. And you can see how, when you see, uh, we, we did a brain imaging study with LSD, which was demonstrating the connectivity of the brain between a normal adult state and the brain on LSD. And the whole thing is lit up with the um, universe of connectivity. And that means, uh, that explains why the experience in many ways 
is kind of much deeper than normal experience. It's being informed by many more parts of the brain, whether it's emotional or visual or auditory or um, all sorts of different richer experiences, which can bring about interesting insights or um, sensations or like the mystical experience, which is the experience of being kind of unified with the universe or God or whatever one calls it. But oh, it's so, so interesting. What you're describing is something that many people have experienced, possibly for the first time during this pandemic and lockdown. People almost have, it seems, have understood more deeply the concept of of, uh, of consciousness being a, a unity concept, a concept that have, connects us all. You know, we can all be connected through this neural network that, uh, you know, it is a sort of, it, it, it's a connective organ and, and when when we see that we are all connected it, it changes people's perceptions politically economically day-to-day decisions on the on a big picture level and on a smaller picture level and it seems that these kind of drugs give people uh, an opportunity to access this different perspective about what life is about so it's not just your own step-by-step day-by-day approach you know you are part of a much bigger network yes and you you see things in a slightly different way and we've done one very interesting research using mini brains which are um made out of human um, neurons um but you can do research in them and by um giving this mini brain LSD for three days, you could see how the connectivity grew and uh, the dendrites and the axons and the uh, receptors were all much more active. And that was meaning there's more connectivity within the cell. And then that's translated out to be more connectivity between the cells. And then, as you were saying, it goes out and out and out from between people to out further. And I think with with that awareness of of this connectivity that you're describing, uh, we will be making different, very different decisions about how we run society, how we run countries, our political decisions, our choices, our our daily choices of how we eat and how we deal with one another on this planet. I think it's a very hopeful position, and I'm wondering with regard to the reform of psychedelics and and you know it feels hopeful and optimistic to me how how do you feel about it i i feel very optimistic really i think um homo sapiens is a clever little animal which tends to survive at least so far we haven't been around long but we survived so far and um just to have more connectivity more consciousness and with it more vitality and joy kind of thing must be a benefit and i think it will slowly impregnate society and just become common sense and common knowledge i mean that's the thing about new new knowledge it's first completely taboo and if you think say it you're mad and then the next step is that it's completely obvious and one us did you ever make such a fuss about it? 
And I think, luckily, we're moving towards that second stage, which hopefully... Uh, well, one of the things about your career is you have uh, almost been a, a lone voice in talking about the importance of this over the years and really being a pioneer of why this is important for for scientific investigation and for legislation to to update uh you've been a very much a lone voice but i'm sure many people have been you know it's been a tough journey because not everyone understood it when you're right at the leading edge of thought and you're waving a banner saying look at this and, and people may say well that this is madness and now it's part of mainstream culture so it's very interesting how how perceptions have changed and moved. Yes, it, it, it is rather fascinating. People used to say, I, I always thought, thought you were mad, Amanda, but now I can see you, you were right all along. Um, uh, yeah, but look. Well, I, I can, I can thank you. I can uh, thank you for the work that's been done on a personal level. That I'm sure it's probably saved my life. Look, thank you so much. But I was very lucky in that I always had a, interest in consciousness, but I was lucky that I met this Dutch scientist, doctor, um, in 1966, who had an insight into how, a hypothesis of how he thought this, uh, these compounds worked in the brain to bring about the changes they did. And I, I was very, very um, impressed and fascinated by these two hypotheses, one about the change the blood supply, the other about the ego. And um, actually, it changed my life because it enabled me to live on LSD at that point, which wasn't illegal then. And so one experienced it in a different way, um, as a cognitive tool, really, to increase, um, increase kind of cognitive ability, but also fun and experience and laugh and all those other things. Suddenly, one was feeling them all at their fullest expression in oneself, which, which was the treat. And by knowing the underlying mechanisms, or what we thought were the, think are the underlying mechanisms, which is that it's an increase in blood supply to the brain capillaries, you then realize that you need to keep your sugar level normal. Brain cells can bust a lot of glucose, they're extravagant in their use of glucose. And so uh, to keep control of the increased consciousness, you need to keep your sugar level normal, which means eating more, more and taking vitamin C so you can make adrenaline, which produces mm. um, the glucose mm. from the liver. And then before that, I was an artist and come from very much an artistic background. And then I got converted to science and the passion for science and understanding um, the, the scientific underlying mechanisms which enabled this amazing change and how one can do the change and all of that and why humanity is the terrible mess it is and how possibly we can do things to help make it better, which obviously religions have done through meditation. Indeed. What well, what what is your vision for the for the sort of for the psychedelic space in the in the short short to medium term? How how is it going to shift? Do you do you anticipate? Right. Well, in the last year, it's it's shifted um, enormously. Um, 
I mean, before, very few people were uh, thinking about psychedelic science, and there were not many scientists doing it. Um, and so it was a question of finding scientists who wanted to do it, and then, um, you know, working out what the study would be. And on the whole, as I'm a charity and had no money, I managed to get the research very inexpensively done with wonderful uh, collaborators. Um, um, and um, so it was uh, more like a kind of homely thing. Now the kind of um, smoke and mirrors and billions of the cannabis um, explosion um, have kind of drifted over onto the psychedelics. So suddenly they have become, um, there's, there's more people interested in doing the research. Our aim is to get these compounds regulated so that doctors can prescribe them and people, um, you know, patients suffering can benefit from them. But I also think one shouldn't ignore the fact that they're incredible compounds for making the well weller. And in, in fact, that is an amazingly exciting aspect of them, that they can increase, improve mood, they can increase cognition, they can um, inspire creativity, um, nature-loving, so many wonderful things. And so it's not a question of just legalizing medical use, it's a question of legalizing the compounds and then working out what is the safest way to regulate them so you optimize their benefits and protect them as far as you can protect anything against the dangers. And and hopefully we're kind of moving rather slowly in that direction. Amanda, what a marvelous career. And I want to thank you so much for your dedication, your grit, your determination, flying in the face of, of opinion for many years and um, thank you for all the incredible work and energy that you put into this you know I, I've spent several days with you in your home in Oxfordshire and see the full extent of the power you put into the works that you do you know I've never really witnessed anyone work in the incredibly prolific way that you do it's quite extraordinary so you know I want to, to thank you for that. That's very sweet of you but I would say to you thank you for the incredible miracle of your self-healing you know and, and that that is hopefully what the work is all about is to enable more self-healing indeed indeed and getting the message out for people to realize that you know there are alternative methods of of being well well-being creativity um getting through life and it enjoying it you know we're here i do believe we're here to enjoy life and, and to enjoy the color yeah. the beauty and the extraordinary nature of being a human being and uh amplifying our consciousness as much as possible and for sure your work has contributed hugely to this so thank you so much i absolutely agree I mean, what could be more wonderful than feeling more awake having more kind of um, sensation and um, I, 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 you know, I, I'm so grateful that I loved this at a young age and I think people should be able to access this 
um, change in the self if they want to much more easily and obviously legally. So thank you, thank you very much for Amanda, thank you so much for this wonderful chat. I've thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. I'm uh, a lot wiser now about this subject and uh, I am very, very happy to, to have talked to you about this today. Thank you so much. And thank you for all the work of the Beckley Foundation. Um, well, it is a very exciting point at the moment. Um, I've never had more exciting studies I'm either doing or about to do. And I have wonderful collaborations around the world. And um, it, it's really an exciting adventure. The more people who get on it, the better. Fantastic. Amanda Fielding, thank you so much.